I confess, a man I am friends with, in quotes, comes to my room through my window, bangs the hell out of me, and leaves quietly as he came. Does this really happen? Is this not? That's Dawson's Creek. <laughs> really? This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please check out scarletine.com and come back to this podcast when you are of age. Thank you for downloading the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based monthly reading and performance series about sex, sensuality, and the steamy side of life. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear by Angeliska Polacek was recorded on October 13, 2011. Angeliska will be sharing a true story about an erotic seance in a haunted house. Happy Halloween, y'all. This story is called The Seance. I moved into my dream apartment a week before Halloween. It was a quiet little place in an old building overlooking an overgrown garden. The light was good, the neighborhood safe, and the price was more than reasonable. I knew immediately that it was too good to be true from the landlady's constantly shifting eyes and the way she kept nervously patting her hair. She was too eager to show me the highlights and modern conveniences, all the while acting like she couldn't wait to get out of there. Tired of watching her fidget, I decided to ask her her straight up what the deal was. I was prepared to handle just about anything if it meant getting to live in this perfect place. Leaks, crazy neighbors, vermin, no problem. My future landlady's face flushed bright pink with embarrassment before she stuttered out that the place was haunted. I nearly burst out laughing. Haunted? Ghosts I could deal with, or so I thought. After signing a year lease with stringent penalties should I break it and leave, I set about moving my stuff in and getting acquainted with the place. That night, sitting on the counter in my little kitchen, I wondered what kind of ghosts these were. I'd always been sensitive, always able to sense and see things that others couldn't, and I'd lived in a few mildly haunted places before. Mischievous spirits never fazed me much. Over the years, I found that they were like attention-starved children, Acknowledge them with friendliness and respect, and generally could both go about your business. The feeling I got from the place wasn't negative. It wasn't dark or foreboding in the least. On the contrary, I felt almost welcomed, as if the place glimmered slightly every time I walked in. I decided to greet my hosts and make friends right off the bat, closing my eyes and sending out a silent hello. The response was an immediate pulse of curiosity and excitement. I got the feeling that the most of the people, I got the feeling that most people had not bothered to be so polite. I let them know I was here to stay for one year, that I didn't intend to harm them or ask them to leave, and that as long as they let me work and sleep, I'd be happy to coexist in peace. That was not to be the case. From my very first night, my sleep was fitful and restless. My nightgown became unbearably constricting, and the bedclothes were a damp tangle. When I finally did drift off, my dreams were dark and strangely sexual. I had never experienced a wet dream before, but now I woke up every morning to find my hand between my legs, so wet that my fingertips were wrinkly. (laughs) 
One night, I woke to find myself in a kneeling position in the middle of my bed. I guess I had been in some kind of trance. My hands were raised in the air, kneading the flesh of a disincarnate lover who hovered above me in a thick miasma. As soon as I, my eyes snapped open, the whole room seemed to pulsate and throb. I realized that my mouth was stretched wide open, not in the rictus of a scream, but as if it had been filled up completely by some spectral member. Somehow, I had entered into another zone, an erotic wormhole where every erogenous area had become shockingly sensitive. I've thought of sex constantly and found that I couldn't keep my hands off myself. Being a writer, I find it remarkably easy to be distracted, but this was absurd. I felt like an adolescent boy who had just discovered his burgeoning sexuality and the joys of masturbation. It got to the point where I had to force myself to put on clothes and leave the house to get any work done at all. Not an hour could pass without feeling a light blowing behind my ear or a chilly breath making the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It was definitely not a draft and definitely not my imagination. The house was undeniably flirting with me. <laughs> Invisible fingers skittered over the seams in my stockings, the shiver of skin on silk, an audible, unbearable rasp, a tickling sensation that made my skin crawl with both dread and a strange, gasping elation. As my desire mounted, the ghosts grew bolder. We began a little game, a torturous, teasing game that soon became my main occupation. Tidying up the house wearing nothing much, my favorite inventively sparse undergarments constructed from black lace and a few strategic straps became my favorite pastime. Bending over to unload the dishwasher or pick up a stray hairpin, those cold hands would surprise me by snapping my garters or smacking my upturned ass with a resounding thwack. There is no doubting my sanity anymore at this point. I was without a doubt sharing a flat with some very horny phantoms. <laughs> and we were driving each other mad with lust. Something had to give. The constant teasing was driving me into a state of erotic euphoria that bordered on psychosis. I contemplated going out and finding some random hapless person at a bar to bring home and ravish but I found I couldn't get excited when imagining the bother and hassle of an actual fumbling human body and all the consequent emotions and boring conversations. <laughs> Plus, I had a feeling that my ghosts could please me far better if I would only give them the proper opportunity. Looking at the calendar, it hit me that the full moon was in a few days, and wouldn't you know it, yep, it fell on All Hallows' Eve. The timing couldn't be more perfect for the plan that was fleshing out bit by bit in my mind. I went out and bought provisions, candles, salt, chalk, incense, flowers, some dark chocolate, and a bottle of good wine. The grocery store clerk waggled his eyebrows suggestively. Hot date, huh? Yeah, you could say that. There was so much to prepare, and I kept myself from dwelling on the agony of anticipation by busily getting everything ready for the big night. I was going to hold a seance and offer myself to the spirits of the house to have their way with. The night came, and half an hour before midnight found me surveying the scene, wine glass in hand, wondering what the hell I was doing. 
I laid out an altar with sweet offerings to woo my shadowy paramours, sketched out a sigil of protection to ensure that only good-intentioned spirits could enter, lit the candles, and swung my censer of smoldering herbs that were known for their powers to thin the membrane between this life and the next. My clothes were flung to the four corners, and I stepped into the circle and spread myself into the shape of a star. I lay there trembling with excitement and something else, trepidation. For the first time since I moved in, I felt afraid. What exactly was I messing around with here? Lying there naked on the parlor floor inside a chalked and salted circle of arcane symbols, couldn't help but wonder if I wasn't making a monumental mistake. <laughs> was I opening myself up for spirit possession by some dark and infernal forces? Were my unseen lovers demonic or merely hedonistic swingers who'd finally found a willing playmate? Was it possible to get pregnant from ghostly jism? As these thoughts swirled in my head, the worst question of all emerged from the haze of incense. What if they didn't even show up? What if all this teasing had been nothing more than a malicious joke? And now some ghastly apparitions were crouched, crouched in the rafters above me, snickering at the sex-starved half-hermit fool who was splayed out beneath them like a suckling pig or a pagan sacrifice. They were playing with me again, making me wait, making me beg. Whispering at first, I asked them to come closer, to give me what they had been taunting me with for weeks. I could feel them watching, looking, holding back. The room grew hot and my nostrils filled with a dark, salty muskiness, the unmistakable aroma of arousal. My hips bucked uncontrollably as the unseen hands came finally creeping over my sweating flanks, my belly, my ribs. A hand gathered up the hair at the base of my neck and pulled my head back. My mouth flooded with that smell, that taste, pungent and so much more alive than I ever would have imagined. I writhed in pleasure as what felt like hundreds of hands caressed my body. Animal yowls and grunts escaped my lips as the spirits took me savagely there on the floor, probing with rough fingers and filling every space that could be filled with their unearthly appendages. The air thrummed and crackled with violet sparks and I screamed and wailed like a banshee. My back arched up and my teeth chattered like someone enduring electroshock as wave after wave of intensity crashed over me. Orgasming violently in tandem with a host of otherworldly beings caused me to black out for a few moments. When I was able to open my eyes again, I found that all the candles had burned down to nubs and the chalk circle had been obliterated by all my thrashing and flailing. A chorus of moans and sighs echoed through the room, and the sense of many presences receded like water down a drain. I was alone again, an utterly spent, shivering heap of limbs, sticky with what could only be ectoplasm. <laughs> I ended up staying in that little apartment for a few years longer than I had originally intended. <laughs> As you might imagine. And every full moon, I held a little seance in my parlor. Thank you. 
Angeliska Polacek is a Southern girl born and raised in Austin, Texas, and a longtime denizen of New Orleans. She's an artist, writer, fortune teller, and event curator. Bedpist Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of the I Want Your Sex podcast, Sadie Smythe of sadiesopenmarriage.com, Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, and Rosie Q of sayprettybird.blogspot.com. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and on Twitter as Bedpost Confess, where we tweet past confessions from the audience. Chime in and add yours. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess I fucked my high school girlfriend in the ass in the belfry of our church. They go to church. That's I like nice. That they go to church. That's nice. It's their church, and they also get fucked in the ass there. It's either a ticket to heaven or a ticket to hell, one of the two. Well, this one's definitely a ticket to hell. Um, I confess I love it when my man tosses my salad and shits on my cock. I thought it said couch when I first read it. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that it actually was cock. Because I was like, wow. C- couch shitting. <laughs> That's a new one on me. Yeah, we've got some scat folks in the crowd here. Here's this one. I confess, I didn't make the guy I ass-fucked lick his cum off my leg. Instead, I let him wipe it off with a baby wipe. And then there's a little devil symbol. I mean, I feel like that's more polite than the (laughs) other version. (laughs) I got a lot of jokes going. (laughs) Just not sure. Ass fucking baby baby wipes. wipes. Shit on cocks and legs. Okay, moving on. I just like it just froze. Everything just froze. <laughs> Too much Too much cock and couch. <laughs> I confess if she won't share, I'm taking her boyfriend. All right. Well. Okay then. Somebody better start sharing. <laughs> I confess. I lost my virginity to kisses I was made for loving you, baby, in the back of a Ford Bronco too. When I was 15, later in life, I met Paul Stanley in full makeup and told him the story. He said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. (laughs) P.S. That, Paul Stanley. Um, P.S. That's the worst Kiss song ever. Oh my God, is Paul Stanley here? Paul Stanley! We could have a whole reunion.